Well, good morning and happy new year. Oh, yeah, sorry, I kind of mixed that all together. Is uh, uh, good morning and happy new year. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, this time of year, I tend to uh, just do a lot of reflecting on what the year was and, and some of the things that the Lord did and, and uh, some of the things I wouldn't do again and, you know, just that kind of processing. Um, but I also sort of get into this. Uh, I like to, to do a little bit of uh, Googling about uh, what happened this past year. And so, you know, I was up late and it was, what were the weirdest things that happened in 2023? Okay, here you go. Here you go. Um, <clears throat> I, of course, there's a hundred stories about not very smart criminals. But uh, one of my favorites was this guy that pretended to be a mannequin and got away with it. Stayed all night in the mall, you know, they, they closed her down, he ate at restaurants, he, he got off with all sorts of loot, and then, you know, but not being that smart, it was all on camera, right? Um, but he, but he kind of got away with it by, you know, just, just being the mannequin. Um, did you hear about Zoogate or, or Beargate? the big scandal of 2023 that turned out to actually not be a scandal. Okay, this, this, I'm not making this up. It's going to sound like I am. But uh, in China, there is a, a <clears throat> zoo that was accused of having a person in a bear costume. Because the bear goes like this to everybody that walks by, stands on its back legs and does this day after day after day. And, uh, you know, with the nature of the internet in our, in our times, the zoo felt pressured to prove that the bear is not actually a person. And uh, sure enough, you know, they poked the bear and, and the bear ran and the bear growled. And, you know, somehow in the Internet world, enough evidence was collected to prove that it really is a happy, waving bear. And that actually got like five days worth of press coverage in 2023. Um, uh, in 2023, uh, a woolly mammoth meatball was created. Okay? Uh, you know, I like meatballs as next, as much as the next person, but, uh, uh, protein, you know, years, in the last 10 years sometime, um, a frozen remains of a woolly mammoth were found, uh, almost, almost completely intact. So they were able to extract the proteins from that frozen mammoth. And now, uh, genetically engineer, uh, actual, uh, tissue, uh, actual meat from a woolly mammoth. So there's some, some, uh, uh, genetic engineers who made meatballs out of woolly, woolly mammoth tissue. Um, you ever worry, you ever wonder if your work is valuable and important? Okay. At least it's like, you know, What'd you accomplish this year? Well, I made some mammoth meatballs. You know, they were really big. You know, <laughs> it just, 
Anyway, anyway, obviously the, the news from this year wasn't all weird and humorous, right? Uh, the war in Ukraine uh, continued on um, yeah, as the world shifted its attention over to the Middle East. Um, the bombing and attacks in Ukraine became worse than ever. Um, we saw uh, Hamas invade and attack Israel and Israel's counteroffensive and what seemed like it might be the beginning of a long chain of dominoes, right? Like, is this the end of the world? Of you know, is this some sort of a, a prophetic thing? And all these other things are going to happen, and uh, maybe, maybe. But those dominoes didn't all fall like we thought they might. Uh, at least, not yet, right? Um, yeah, artificial intelligence. There's, so, so in looking at the weird news, there's a hundred things about the artificial intelligence deal. But um, in 2023, we went not quite, but almost all the way to pre-Tower of Babel conditions when it comes to language abilities. Okay, so a person can speak in Chinese, and the person across from them with a little thing in their ear can hear it in English. That technology is real and exists. Um, you know, all of us probably have had some sort of video conferencing experience. Um, the platform that I use now enables you to communicate in 22 languages. Uh, through through real time video chat, um, I'm not sure exactly what that means in terms of the end of the world and prophecy and everything, but uh, it seems like something, right? Uh, uh, we're traveling back as we travel forward. Um, <clears throat> this message is uh, uh, pretty simple. I like to, uh, uh, I think what I'm better at than uh, 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 discovering new things is uh, recalling things I need to remember and going back to what's most important. And, and that's what I want to do with you this morning. And so um, I think I just want to give you the whole outline right up front. So if you have to leave early, you, you know, you just feel free and, and you haven't missed that much. Um, Evil, we're going to talk a little bit about evil uh, and read uh, some passages about that. Uh, opportunity, I would like to discuss the word opportunity with you and maybe reconsider how we think of opportunity. And then hope, or maybe you could say promise, but uh, evil, opportunity, hope. Evil, opportunity, hope. Okay, so um, evil, Opportunity, hope. Got it? Evil. Those three, those three things. Uh, this isn't meant to be, we're hoping for some sort of weird evil opportunity. This is the three points that we're going to work off today. So starting with Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, verses 12 and 13. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. 
against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Um, That phrase, uh, resist the enemy in the time of evil, I believe those are the days we're living in. And I don't just mean like uh, 2023 and 2024. I mean this season before the Lord returns uh, is a season where evil increases in the world. Um, We're not fighting against flesh and blood. There is an evil power. There is a, a real spiritual enemy. Satan is real, and his work in this world is very evident, is very evident. We talked about the global scale of it with wars. Uh, I read somewhere there are 55 active conflicts going on in our world right now, Uh, yeah, between nations, between nations or within nations, 55. Um, On a personal scale, and you think about uh, uh, the evil in the world, we could probably uh, go back and make some notes on that too, right? Uh, probably every one of us, if we're recounting this last year, could say, uh, wow, that was bad. Wow, that was bad. And we could mark a few things. Um, I may have caused some of those things, uh, some I left some scars on some people I care about this year with words that I said, uh, with attitudes that I held, and things like that. Um, let's not act like evil in the world is just about uh, military armaments and uh, bombs going off, right? It's not just about global injustice. Uh, some of the evil in the world that we probably need to address is the type of evil that we're most able to address, and that's the part that we struggle with in ourselves and in our relationships. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we don't live in this dark, spiritually opposed world without bearing some of the marks. Um, you know, like I said, I can comment on some of the, the things that I've done and said this year. But I know that in a group this side size, uh, a lot of us have experienced um, things that should never you should never have had to experience. A lot of people have gone through tragedy and victimization and uh, uh, injustice and things that uh, uh, yeah that are characteristic of this time of evil. And as believers in this evil world, this is what the Lord told us to expect. Not just evil like because you're a Christian and you're opposed, you know, like the great martyrs of history, but just living in a world that is fallen and inundated with sin, we just got to expect it to be hard. Um, so I want to move to the second part about opportunity. Um, and read a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 5. It says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity. I want to talk about opportunity. So if we've got some accurate sense of deterioration in our society, in our world, some uh, a rise of evil, uh, if, if the end seems somehow imminent, uh, and I don't know about uh, uh, the prophetic aspects. You know, is the Lord coming today or tomorrow? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is the Lord coming in 2024? Maybe, but I'm not sure. But what I do know is that we need a sense of urgency about these things. I think that's one of the crises of our prosperity culture. You know, we are well off. And we're not all equally well off. But you measure, um, you measure wealth by choices. So when you got up this morning and decided to come to church, um, did you have choices about how to get here? Did you have choices about which shoes to wear here? Did you have choices about shoes at all? You know, choices are how we measure prosperity. And uh, I think one of the dangers of our culture of prosperity that we all live in is that we become a little bit numb to the urgency. You know, when you're you see the snow cover outside and you're going to go to church, but you don't have shoes or uh, uh, you don't have adequate shoes or a way to get there. You know, the the importance of going to church, it, it's like, how important is it? Um, and I'm not here to just talk about whether or not we go to church on cold days. You know, th- the idea is that There's a lot at stake in this world, and we become, uh, we kind of get used to doing the stuff we do in the way we do it, like we've done it before, and we need to be called back. I need to be called back, you know, not just all you people. I need to be called back to, hey, uh, heaven and hell is at stake today for a whole lot of people. There's people, some, I, I live in Mason City and uh, work every day in Clear Lake, and sometimes when I'm driving, you know, I, I think, how many people do I go past whose eternal destiny is going to be the opposite place of mine? How many people, when I walk into Walmart... You know, that I, I rub shoulders with, I see, are going to just have a completely, completely different eternity. There's a lot at stake. A lot. <clears throat> Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so I guess my first point when it comes to the opportunity is it exists and it's a big deal. Okay, and so let's not, uh, uh, let's not miss it because we're caught up in all the stuff we all get caught up in. You know, and for me, that might be different for you, but uh, I think we're probably all prone 
to get in our focus on lesser things, right? My vacation feels like a really big deal to me, and I think the Lord uh, has given me that. You know, it's like it's, it's, he's happy that I can take this vacation uh, later this year. I don't think that the Lord would say, no, 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 don't do that because people are going to hell and you should never take a vacation. I, I don't think that's his way, but I need to remember that that isn't the top on the priority list, right? The second thing I, I want to say about opportunity comes from Matthew chapter 10. So this is a passage where Jesus sends out people, uh, uh, his disciples, on a short-term mission trip of sorts. Um, He sends them out, and he gives them this little briefing before they go. And uh, he uses, before we get to this part, it's like this warning section of, uh, of, he uses the metaphor of sheep and wolves. You'll be like sheep among wolves, which, you know, just if you're getting ready to go do that kind of deal, let's do a short-term mission trip, that's not usually how you advertise it, you know, because the sheep never win at the end of that. You know, they make a dramatic comeback in the fourth quarter. The wolves win. The wolves win. So Jesus says you'll be sheep among wolves, and then he says you'll stand trial before governors and kings because you're my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. Uh, Another uh, translation says, this will be your testimony to the the unbelieving world. So the idea is that uh, uh, the evil, the evil that we face, the evil that's forced against us, all of that isn't just this bad thing that we should run from. Okay, some, I, I don't believe we live there as a church body, but some do, and we need to be careful that we don't become like this, but some view this world as a thing that we should be walled off from, like the role of the church is to keep us protected from all that's out there. You know, in here is safe, out there is dangerous. And I just don't think that's, that's the plan for followers of Christ. Um, this will be your opportunity. <clears throat> the church that Tammy and I went to when we were first married, um, you know, had the, the sign as you drive into the parking lot, Patterson Park Church. But on the back side of the sign, as you drove out of the parking lot, it says, uh, uh, this is your mission field. And uh, I thought, yeah, yeah, God didn't put us here just to, so we could all be together and not have any bad stuff get to us. God put us here so we can be light. And sometimes the hardest situations where we're going head to head in an evil world with the evil one, those are the situations where the light shines the brightest. Those are opportunities. Um, (sighs) 
I want to encourage you. Um, Josh and Whitney Smith are going to be here in a couple weeks. Make sure you're here for that. Make sure you're here for that. They're uh, missionaries in Uganda. Uh, we're part of our body here. I guess are, still are a part of our body here, but they, they serve as missionaries in Uganda and are doing a fantastic job. And one of the things that's going to happen while they're here is they're going to say, we need a team of people to help us this summer in sharing about Jesus in our context. And they're going to be looking around this room, who can go? And so I'm trying to prime that pump for you. Um, that's something to be praying about in these next two weeks before that question comes up a little more formally. Okay. Um, while we're talking about uh, security and comfort and opportunity and stuff, um, let me just say all the things that we... Uh, I know people think that for me it's easy because this is I'm a missions guy. This is my job to be involved in missions, but I got excuses too. Okay, um, it's not a good time for me. Um, it's going to be expensive. Um, it, yeah, I can't do it anymore uh, at this age with that little sleep. Um, I've got fears. What will happen if I have health issues while I'm over there? Um, Is the whole world going to blow up during those two weeks? Uh, Yeah, those are some of mine. You probably have some of your own. And I suspect that all of them uh, stand similarly invalid in, uh, in the face of the Lord's call. So if the Lord says, you know, you should pray about doing that or you should do that, then uh, all those things that I throw up as, oh, yeah, but, they just need to come down. They just need to come down. Okay? Um, Yeah, if God calls us to this, then he can make sure there's enough money. He has enough to make it happen. If God calls me to this, he can give me the physical uh, whatever it is the physical, the cognitive capacity to get through it, if this is what he has for me. Okay. Um, Opportunity. I want to tell you one more uh, missionary thing. Uh, We've got a guy in Egypt who's Sudanese. Um, If you're pay attention to this kind of stuff. Sudan is in a civil war right now. Really, they've been in a civil war for a few decades and then went through a couple years of peace-ish uh, where they weren't actively destroying each other. But uh, now, uh, yeah, just just this year, uh, that kind of all inflamed again. Uh, the guy that's part of our missionary staff, missionary family, um, Amin is a son of a high official in uh, Sudan. He went through prison. Really, his dad was the one who got him put in prison. Uh, his dad later came to Christ. He ended the the son uh, Amin ended up in in Egypt in a safer place. And there's it's a crazy, amazing story. But the part I want to tell you is that. Amin and uh, three others are going back this month. They're going back to Sudan. 
to Khartoum, the capital city, to, to write the heart of the danger. And my perspective is, really? <laughs> you know? Like, like, for you, who, who are a known person there, for you, who have already been imprisoned there because you're a believer, for, for you, who has, uh, uh, who's known as a Muslim convert, why would you do that? And I, I said something like that in a way that, that made me seem a little less uh, like totally faithless than it sounds now. You know, I tried not to sound like I, I, I uh, yeah, I tried not to make myself look terrible, but I wanted to know why would you choose to do this in light of all these terrible circumstances? And his answer to that question is, well, I have a Muslim name. And to me, it's like, well, that still doesn't answer my question, right? Okay, uh, well, I still have a Muslim name. I haven't been given a Christian name so I can cross borders into Muslim countries because I have a Muslim name. I can go into Sudan without being suspected of being a Christian because I have a Muslim name. And to me, uh, I kind of feel like in my life, the Lord's needed a lot more than that to get me moving into hard situations. But his answer is just what these verses talk about, opportunity. He's not seeing how bad it might be. He's seeing what God could do. You know, like there's a whole world of people in my country who don't know Jesus and haven't really been exposed to the truth about Jesus as the Savior. But I have, I have a relationship with him, and I can go, so I better. Um, Opportunity. Opportunity. David and Jonathan, you remember this story from the Old Testament? So uh, Jonathan is King Saul's son and uh, uh, a warrior, um, and uh, he sneaks off with his armor bearer, and uh, there, the rest of the, the military encampment is in this village. And Jonathan and his armor bearer are on a, a rise or a cliff or a whatever, looking across at the outpost of the enemy, the Philistines. And Jonathan says, hey, let's go attack them. You know, both of us, right? And I can't remember what it says about how many Philistines there were, but it wasn't like two or three. It was like uh, thousands, right? And uh, Jonathan says, let's, let's go do it. And so this armor bearer says, hey, I'm with you. And the line that's special in that passage is, uh, perhaps the Lord will save us, for he is able to deliver whether by many or by few. Perhaps. What might the Lord do if I take this little seed of faith that I have, not this giant, you know, faith, but if I take the little bit I have and take that, what opportunity might the Lord give me and say 2024 is the year when I'm going to step into opportunity instead of hide from risk? 
instead of hide from the evil world and protect, instead of enjoy all the just the best, you know, safest things, I'm going to step into opportunity. Whatever that looks like, I'm going to do it, Lord. Um, So they're going across this valley, and then it says they were climbing up hand over foot uh, to where the Philistines are. And Jonathan says this crazy thing. He says, let's call out to them. You know, like, so they know we're coming. It's It's an absurd scene, you know, like military strategy at its worst, okay? How about two of us go conquer them? And just to be sure we're getting it right, let's, let's not use any of this surprise nonsense, you know? Let's tell them. And so if they say, come on up, then we'll know the Lord's given them into our hands. And as the armor bearer, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> to me, if they say, come on up, I'm saying, let's hide. You know, let's run. But they did, and God gave them this great victory. The whole uh, encampment of the Philistines uh, was overcome with some sort of massive confusion that the Lord sent. And they were killing each other before it was over. The whole army was on the run, and God did what Jonathan prayed and hoped and trusted that God would do. Um, Opportunity. Opportunity, folks. That could be our thing for this new year. I'm going to step into opportunity instead of hide from evil. Third, remember, evil, opportunity, hope. Third one is hope. I, I feel like it's just not quite right to say, hey, there's lots of danger out there. Let's run to it. You know, we're not all firemen. All right, we're we're not all those uh, special forces run to the danger people, um, and so I feel like if we're gonna uh, have that mentality of of taking opportunity, even when opportunity might be scary, um, we probably need some reassurance. And the good news is, we have it. And it's real, and it's from the God of everything, okay? The God who supervises all the circumstances of this world lives in you if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. So we don't need to self-protect because we have the ultimate protector, right? And so we can count on him. We can go into whatever opportunity looks like. And so I just want to share, you know, there's probably a hundred of these, but I want to share some of my favorite promises that are the most reassuring for me. Okay? Um, The first one, what is the first one? 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone the new life has begun. Um, So, one of the things that inhibits me most, when I see obstacles, the obstacle that I see more than any other is me. You know, I don't feel like I'm adequate. 
I could never be a kind of person who does that. Uh, well, uh, on the character scale, I've got these deficits, so I probably, or, or on the virtue scale, I, 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 yeah, I'm not rising high enough, or, you know, my experience isn't, I've got all these, I'm not sure I, I could, but, but I'm a whole new creation because I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. And this phrase isn't in this passage, but Jesus lives in me. God is with me. Um, and there's not somewhere I'm going to do or something I'm going to try where that's not going to be true. And, and, you know, you might say, I often say, well, what if I mess it up? You know, I, I, I say things like, hear God's call. Well, how do you hear God's call? That's so abstract, right? How do I know if God really wants me? Uh, uh, how do I know what opportunity is and isn't? And, and <clears throat> the great thing is that if you try to dive into an opportunity, you, you know, using your faith, you try to follow the Lord into something that you think perhaps he wants you to do, um, and he knows how to manage that. So if somehow you mess it all up and it's like the Lord says left and you went right, but you were trying your hardest to go the way the Lord wanted and you're way over here going to the right, it seems like the Lord has a special way of creating opportunities uh, even though you went down the wrong path. That's part of how he works as Savior. Part of how he works as ruler of this world is he redeems. He redeems. I, I tell uh, new missionary candidates who are scared, you know, they, they're all scared. Like, of course they are. They're headed into a whole world of uncertainty that they haven't experienced before. And so there's always some fear with that. And I, I just always say, um, this isn't a thing where you can lose. You start using your faith to follow the Lord. Um, you can't wreck it. God can use even the things that we mess up and hear incorrectly. And he does. And he does. Okay, one of my other favorites, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Okay? I'm loved by the God of the universe and uh, I'm his child in his family, and uh, like it says in, in Psalms and elsewhere. So uh, what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't use, actually use that phraseology. Um, it says, uh, what can mere man do unto me? What's the worst that could happen? If, if God is the one who's on my side, then okay, okay. Bring the opposition. Let's go. If charging the gates of hell is what he has, I guess he's the one that can accomplish that win. So let's go. So let's go. Um, next one is from Revelation. And uh, sometimes uh, the New Testament, the Bible as a whole, gives us these promises that are out there as encouragements about how to endure in the present. Hey, this feels hard and bad, and it is, but here's what I got coming, and the good of it is way better 
than the bad that you're going through right now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this is uh, the scene in heaven from Revelation. Uh, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among us, among his people. He will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. So if... Uh, your world in 23 or, or headed into 24 looks like uh, uh, there's a lot of tears or death or sorrow or crying or pain. Um, I just want to say uh, that's not always going to be. Okay? The time is coming where that will pass. Okay? The time is coming where everything will be made new. Okay? Um, evil opportunity, hope. Here's the conclusion, okay? Uh, we all struggle, struggle with evil and darkness in this world and in ourselves, the sin and darkness that we were born into. Um, let me talk about the hope next. The hope is Jesus himself. The hope is Jesus himself died on the cross to solve that sin and evil problem. Ultimately, like Revelation says, but personally, too. That's the only solution I have for my sin issues. And the, the opportunity is Jesus is saying, trust me, trust me. You know, some of us are looking at, uh, uh, we're going to be forced with that uh, thing when Josh and Whitney come. Uh, am I going to trust Jesus with this? But we've all got trust Jesus decisions to make, right? Whether it's a, a personal today in the moment decision or a bigger kind of thing. Trust me. Trust me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your promises and the hope that we have in this world. And I pray you'd give us the courage to embrace opportunity, even if it looks scary. Um, yeah, Lord, I pray that uh, um, for the leaders at this church, that you'd help all of us, the staff and, and the others, to uh, embrace opportunity and uh, head into opportunity with the confidence of your promises. And for all of us, Lord, help us to have that sense of confidence that only comes from you, that kind we can't generate based on our experience or skills. Uh, help us to trust you with what you've promised. Lord, thank you for this new season, this new year. And I pray that this would be a year where you do a new work in us. Uh, personally and as a body. In Jesus' name, amen.